I put a really toxic energy into the car. I have a statement that I don't think is unique to me, but it, it ends up being something like, really? Which if you interpret that is, can you be, be that stupid? stupid? Welcome to the Secure Marriage Podcast, where we believe it's possible to fight less, feel understood, and enjoy a deeper connection with your spouse. We're your hosts, Paul and Shannon Elmore, and on today's episode, what to do when you're in the car and your husband is yelling at all the other drivers. I wish I could say that this issue was purely theoretical for us, but it isn't. <laughs> no, unfortunately, it's not. Full disclosure for everyone listening, I sometimes, on occasion, get <laughs> perturbed, shall we say, frustrated, uh, annoyed, driven out of my skull by the um, poor driving habits of others around me. And it has become, it has been a, a issue of contention in the car. So this is, this is an issue that we've had to work through yeah. uh, in our own relationship. So this is the pot calling the kettle black for this episode. <laughs> Let's start with the husband's feelings because he's the guy who's putting the most feelings into the room at the, mo- uh, into the car right. in the experience. Um, and again, purely theoretical at the moment. Um, <laughs> fe- when other people are driving and they're making blatant mistakes, the, the level of annoyance and frustration, um, the level of being inconvenienced, even today driving a car on the freeway, merging onto the freeway, and I come up on it, and the lady, nice little old lady, but she's doing 45 while she's on the freeway. I can understand taking her time getting on, getting up to speed. She, 45 was the top speed she hit. I instantly become critical. I instantly become very condemning. The feelings are annoyed and frustrated and inconvenient. Um, The biggest feeling is actually entitled, like every other driver around me should be driving rightly because I'm on the road around them. But my behavior now becomes highly critical. I make comments, I make statements. Um, I put a really toxic energy into the car. Um, I have a statement that I don't think is unique to me, but it it ends up being something like, really? Which if you interpret that is, can you be Be that stupid? stupid. And I'm I'm calling people stupid all the time, even if I'm not using the word stupid. And sometimes they do use the word stupid or idiot or things like that. It oftentimes comes out as aggressive driving. So to get around the idiot driver, I, you know, make a, a abrupt lane change. I hit the gas i cut cut in in front of them or if they're going slow you get right up on their bumper because i'm trying to let them know they're in the wrong yeah i'm wasting so much energy and time trying to convince other people who i've never met who i'll never meet again ever in my life that they're wrong and my my behavior my driving actually changes around uh when that happens and when i do that and this is the part i'm not looking forward to in this podcast episode. When I do that, honey, how does it make you feel? Well, it makes me embarrassed. It makes me feel like, um, well, I actually question how come we can't just let them be driving? I don't know what feeling that is, but it confuses me, I guess would be one. Um, It also makes me very nervous and very scared because the aggressive driving freaks me out. And, and I worry about how other people are going to respond when you're doing that. It's just really unpleasant for me. I don't like being in the car in that emotional state. It's very uncomfortable for me. Yeah. And so when those feelings are present, your behavior then is what? What do you do with those feelings? Well, 
I haven't always responded real well to that. Um, usually uh, the one that has come out probably the most is honey. That's yeah. And that, it, it's that one, one word. word carries a whole bunch like, just stop it. Come on. Why do you have to do that? It, it does not help him at all. It's actually very critical and condemning. Or the other thing, um, when I realized that I was doing that, I was like, well, I don't have an outlet now for how to respond to him. So then I just shut down yeah. and I disappear. And that's incredibly uncomfortable for him as well. It's not a, a great way to handle it either. Yeah. So picture it. We're on our way to somewhere nice, going out to dinner, doing something nice on the way to church, you know, something nice like that. And now we have two human beings in the car. I'm in a really aggressive state, annoyed state. My wife's in a in a fearful state or, or an annoyed state. And it ruins the experience. It ruins right. the event that we're heading to. And again, this happens thousands of times a day, every day for all the drivers out there. And for couples who want to work on this one issue, there's a couple things that can change primarily with me as a husband, because I'm the one who's putting that energy into the car. I need to take responsibility for, for um, changing my attitude and my behavior and putting a different energy into the car. First off, I need to be more gracious towards other human beings because the reality is I don't know their stories. I really, I don't know why they're driving the way that they are driving. I can remember a story back when we were first married and we lived in Southern California and we were stuck in this traffic jam. And while we were in this traffic jam for 20, 30 minutes, I looked in my rear view mirror and there was this big, huge black BMW on the shoulder driving past everyone, past that entire um, uh, stopped traffic. And I can remember my blood boiling because I started to tell a story in my head about that driver. He was rude, he was impatient, he's entitled. Who is he to pass up everyone? He's doing something wrong by driving on the shoulder. He's he's being inappropriate in all sorts of ways. And again, a guy I never met, I'll never see him again, but he was able to affect me emotionally in such a strong and powerful way when I don't actually know his reasons why he was doing that. It actually hit me even more hard when I sat with one of my clients who happens to be an EMT and a volunteer firefighter. And he tells a story about having to get to a life and death call, but he's in his own truck and he's trying to get to save, literally save someone's life. But the guy in front of him, as he's flashing the lights and trying to get around this guy on a, on a narrow road, the truck in front of him is actively trying to stop him from getting there. If I take the time and go, I wonder what the story is. I wonder why they're doing that. Or even if I don't know the story, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and assume they're doing that for a legitimate reason. Probably the other thing that's really embarrassing in this is I've trained three out of my four kids how to drive. And I've been in the car while they have been that annoying driver as they're learning. And when I'm in the car with them, I expect other drivers to be patient with them. And we get horns honked at us and we get brights flashed at us and we get people giving the one finger wave at us. And it's like, people, you don't understand this kid's learning how to drive. And then it's like, oh man, how many times have I had that same attitude or behavior towards someone else? So I need to be gracious and, and assume a more positive story towards those other drivers. Even if you don't know their story, and even if they are just driving stupid because they're driving stupid, that still doesn't give you a right no. to behave in those in those ways. You have to take responsibility for your behaviors, your actions, and your thoughts, regardless of how the other person is 
is um, driving. In that moment, I'm actually faced with a decision because I can actually spend more of my energy trying to convince the other driver how bad of a driver he is, or I can pay attention to the passenger in my car, usually my wife, and what is the experience I am creating for her as we're getting from point A to point B. And if I consciously make a decision which says, I'm more focused on her experience rather than the other driver's experience, then the 30 seconds I'm inconvenienced or frustrated by this other driver, I can bear that as I have the next hour in the car with my wife and I haven't contaminated or tainted that experience for her. Right. Her it, experience is more important. Right. It's just a, a temporary, a very short period of time where you're inconvenienced yeah. by a driver, 30 seconds, a minute and a half, um, that you can just um, set that aside and, and have, an, like you said, an hour of good driving. Yep. Whereas if you don't, if you can't let that go, it just, it's an hour of miserable driving. Yeah, so adds a toxic element into the car. Those are the things I should do if I'm taking responsibility for my own action. What can you as a wife do if I'm already still in that state of being annoyed and frustrated? Um, and instead of telling me to stop it or giving me that one word, honey, <laughs> what's the better option for, for me? Well, like Paul was saying that he... Um, he would like to be able to remember that these people have stories and it would help him to be gracious. And sometimes when you're in that agitated state, it's hard to get there. Me for a wife to be able to tell him or to ask him, honey, what story are you telling about that person right now? Um, Just gets his mind back into the right place of, oh, oh yeah, maybe I'm not telling. It's not accusing, it's not condemning, it's just getting his mind focused back. And um, sometimes that's hard because then I'm in an agitated state. But I think between the two of us as we're working and as you guys are working to become better, one of you can get there. Yeah. And that's a really good place to start. Once I've done that, then I can actually share my feelings with him in a kind way, telling him, letting him know that your aggressive driving is making me worry that we're going to get in a car accident. Your aggressive driving is just causing me some angst inside my body my body's just not doing well and then um, one of the other things that you can do is ask can we focus on the people that are in the car yeah our car in our car yes not the other car can we focus on the people that are in the car can we can we make this about us yeah as opposed to putting um putting it out on what the other drivers are doing for those things to work I, as a husband, have to constantly be practicing an attitude of openness, allowing my wife to have influence over me, over my attitude, over my behaviors, instead of being in a a defensive state or in a rigid, fixed mindset. That's the number one skill I can hone within myself that will make it possible for my wife and I to navigate these, these situations and not not let it end up being a two-hour fight or ruining the event that we're going to. I have to work on openness. Right. And I can practice grace with my husband when he's in that agitated, frustrated, irritated, entitled state. I can say, even though he's behaving poorly, I choose to behave in a way that is kind and loving and caring for him. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the show this week. If you want to find out how you can build your own secure marriage, go to securemarriage.com. 
And if you have a chance, subscribe to our show on iTunes or however you get your podcast, and leave us a review while you're there. You can also write us at podcast at securemarriage.com or follow us on Facebook. We're Paul and Shannon Elmore, and you've been listening to the Secure Marriage Podcast, where we believe it's possible to fight less, feel understood, and enjoy a deeper connection with your spouse. 